Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7. I am titling this message today, uh, praise God, uh, Built Upon the Rock. Built Upon the Rock. I want to share with you some thoughts the Lord dropped in my heart for you tonight. And uh, Matthew chapter, I'm in 17, that's why I can't find it. Matthew chapter 7. And, um, and the Bible says here, I'd like you to read with me, please, starting in verse 24. Amen. In verse 24, praise God. It says, uh, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. That house got a beaten, beat down. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. <laughs> and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, not you hear, but you don't do. The Bible says, don't be hearers of the word and not doers, deceiving your own selves. So it's not enough to hear the sermons, you've got to do them. You've got to do the word. It's not enough just to listen to what the Bible says. We've got to put it into practice and action. Everyone that heareth my say these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, notice the same description, and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. It fell and great was the fall of it. I want you to look back here where it says a wise man. Do you see that? A wise man. Now, there is a difference in this word, Greek word, phronimos, which is the a word for wise, phronimos, to other words. There's another word, that same English word wise, but in the Greek it means practical skill or acumen. That's not what this is talking about, practical skill. He's not wise because he put his house together because he knew how to build with wood. That's not what it's talking about. It's not practical skill or acumen. Another Greek word that it's not referring to means intelligence or mental uh, uh, acquirement. In other words, it's not just wise because you're smart, because you know the trivia questions, because you can go on you know, Jeopardy and win the show, or because you have a PhD. It's not talking about that kind of wisdom. It's not talking about the practical to do, like, do it yourself. I can build the house wisdom. It's not talking about that you're wise and that you have the mental knowledge. You may not be able to put the house together, but you know how to put the house together, but you're not good with the hammer. It's not talking about either of those kinds of wisdom. What it's talking about is a word called phrenemos, which means to be thoughtful or to be discreet. And then there's another word. I don't know if I'm saying this right, Jenny, but it's said, said, J. Sagacious, sagacious, S-A-G-A-C-I-O-U-S, sagacious, sagacious. And that's a word we don't use very often. We can't even hardly say it. And this is an interesting word. Sagacious means, am I saying that right? Sagacious. Sagacious. This is my, my, my professor here, <laughs> a professor of English. Sagacious. I thought it was a silent G, Jenny. I thought the root was Latin, you know, I, I know all about it. Anyway, sagacious means having or showing keen mental discernment and good judgment it means to be shrewd but it also means that's from the new oxford but from the, the the webster it means to be keen and far to have to be of keen and far-sighted penetration and judgment far-sighted 
It's not just I know how to put the house together, and it's not just I have a PhD. I know people that are very educated and they're not farsighted. I know people that are very practical. They have a lot of practical acumen and skill. They can do a lot of things, but they're not farsighted. This word, sagacious, it means to be, have, to have sound, it means discerning. It means to have a discerning heart, a thoughtful heart, a far-sighted ability. Somebody that is not just going by what feels good. Because if you're going by saving money, you'll build on the sand. If you're going by what you feel like doing, you'll build on the sand because it's faster and easier. But it takes more effort to build upon a rock. It's a different building process than on the sand. But a sagacious person, a far-sighted person, a discerning person recognizes the storm may come. It's not enough just to have the practical knowledge and it's not enough just to have the book knowledge. See, the one wisdom is, is practical and the other kind of wisdom is book, book smarts. But we don't just want those two. We want true discernment to look into the future, have a far-sighted approach to things, a keen eye, and say, how should I build because a storm's coming? Do you understand? Yes. There is a storm coming to all of us. Some of us are in it right now. But there will always be storms in life. And Jesus says, if you listen to the word and you do the word, you'll be wise, building, build your house upon the rock. And if you listen, but you don't do it, you'll be foolish, building it upon the sand. And both times, I want you to notice his description again now, that the, the rains descended, the floods came. That means it was raining, but also the floods were coming on, uh, you know, the a flood is not rain, do you understand? The flood's coming at ground level and the rain's pouring down. You've got two things hitting that house from the top and from the sides. And you've got the wind that's buffeting it. And beat upon that house beat 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 upon that house there are things that beat on us Jenny there are things there are situations in life that beat upon us A, a financial crisis can beat upon you a health crisis if you get a bad report from the doctor can beat upon your house how you build your life, you, it's not your physical house, it's your heart, it's your life. You are the temple of God. How you build your spiritual life is either going to be on, on soft sand that when the beating comes from the wind and the rain and the flood, when the beating comes, you will crumble. Or the other way, you will stand. Now, I know we all know this, and this is like kindergarten, like, like you know, like the little kids learn about the rating on the house. But we overlook the importance of this, and we just deem this a kindergarten lesson. It's not a kindergarten lesson. It's something very important, because when you're facing a storm, you need to go back to this instruction. Right. The Lord said that if you do the word, if you hear it and do it, it's, you are building your spiritual life upon a firm foundation of the word. If you're listening to the word but not doing it, you're building your life and not a firm foundation on sand because the beating is going to come to both parties. Did you notice that in verse 25 and verse 27, it's exactly the same. It says the same description. Both people got a beating of the wind and the rain and the flood, but only one stood and one fell. The one that listened to the word and did it, the one that pays attention in church, the one that comes to class and pays attention is going to pass the test. When you go to school or university or high school or whatever, you come to learn, to study, because an exam is coming. You're not just coming for the, just because you like the professor. And I think this is the problem. A lot of people, they think coming to church is just because of their friends. You might, you might have friends in your university class, but that's not really why you're going. And the, well, well I, you, I, love the, I love Pastor Craig. He's my pastor. And that's great. Praise God. But you don't just go to the class because you love the professor. Right. You go to the class to learn something 
from the professor with the company and the strength of your friends. Yes, that's all important because a test and an examination is coming at two months down the road. You even know when it's going to come and you know that you're not going to have the help of the professor at that moment. It matters if you paid attention or if you didn't pay attention because the beating is coming. The exam is going to beat on your mind. It's going to test you. What did you listen? How did you understand it? How can you articulate it? How can you communicate it on that exam? Yes. Do you understand? That examination is like the wind. It's like, it's like the test and the trial. So don't, yes, come for friends, but that's not really why you come. Come because, yes, you love your pastor, but that's not really why you come. You come for the word. You come for the word. It's the word. If you hear my sayings, that's his word, and do them. Then you'll be wise upon a rock. If you listen, it goes in one year and out the other, so to speak, and you don't really do what the preacher's telling you to do, what God is telling you to do through the preacher, by the Holy Ghost, with the anointing on it from the scriptures, if you don't live it. If we say, agree with your words and start saying it's building, it's building, but you never say it, then you wonder why it doesn't build on you. If you say, my God will, if we tell you, say, do the word, believe that he'll supply you. But if you never, if you never believe it, if you never pray it out, if you never confess it, and in fact, if you start saying the opposite, I don't know, it's so bad, you know, it's just not working for me. Well, the, you know, then you're, you're, you're on the sand. It's, it, God can't do the miracle for you that he planned because you, you heard it, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. Are, are you with me? I'm not trying to be rough on anybody. I'm just trying to say the beat down's coming. Some of you are already in the beat down. The examination's coming. And it don't matter at that point that you liked your friend. And it doesn't matter when you face cancer that you like the person sitting beside you in the church service. What matters is if you heard the word and you know how to do the word. I'm telling you, Jenny. It doesn't really matter whether you like my hair, which most of you 99.999% do, or if you don't. It doesn't matter whether you like me or not. If God put me in your life to feed you and teach you, what matters is not whether you like the charisma and the personality, just like it doesn't really matter if you like the professor. But you still need the, for lack of a better word, office of the professor because without the professor, you can't learn the same way. In the church, we've got the Holy Ghost too, unlike university in, the, in that analogy. But it's not just about the professor. It's about paying attention, listening, and doing. And I'm telling you, the beat down, I heard the Holy Ghost say, he said, go to that scripture. And I went to that scripture and he started talking to me this afternoon. He said, the beat down, that's how he said it to me because he knows my humor and, and you know, you sing Jesus don't talk like that. Well, that's just because you don't know Jesus. That's because you're religious. Jesus is very funny if you actually listen to him. The Holy Ghost has a wonderful sense of humor. He's not vulgar, he's not crude, and he's not inappropriate, but God created humor. The one in the heavens, the Bible says, laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Anyway, I have some Bible jokes, but I, I think I'll hold them off for now because it will get me out of the flow here. But, uh, but my, my point is, is that, is that God, he said to me, tell them the beat down's coming. The rain beat upon them. Great was the fall of one and great was the standing of another. Let me say this sentence to you. And Pastor Nancy said this, and it really blessed me. She said when she went through those seasons, two different times, actually more than two, but two that she was talking about for a year and a half when the devil was just beating on her mind, beating on her mind. I mean, constantly. Now, there's other times where it wasn't that long. But we all go through times where we feel the pressure on our minds. I go through it. 
We all do. It's life. Just because you're a minister doesn't mean you don't go through it. You probably go through it more than other people. But she said, when I, could, when I felt the beating on my mind, God revealed to her about these two houses. And the Lord said to her, this, I'm giving you a quote now, both were beaten upon. It didn't matter what the house felt. It mattered that the house didn't fall. Did you notice that they both had the beat down on them? And the beat down never feels good. And it didn't comment about how the house felt. It just commented about if it fell or not. So Jenny, I just felt in my heart, I needed to remind people this evening in today's message, this is what God put on my heart for them, that in this season of unusual circumstances, it really, there is a beating, there is a pressure, there is all this stuff coming on us, but it doesn't mention anywhere here about how the house felt. It just said it didn't fall. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to let you know is you're not a bad person for feeling something. It's not, you're not not in faith because you feel something. What takes you out of faith is when what you feel, you act upon. Wigglesworth said, I'm not moved by what I see or feel. I'm moved by the word of God. But he didn't say, I don't feel. He said, I'm not moved by it. If you feel something hard, something sad, something, a pressure, the oppression on your mind, the darkness, it's not that you are a robot, that you are to be a-feeling, you know, like, like an asexual being has no sexual drive, an a-feeling person, an emotionally stunned. God's not saying that you have to have no feelings. What he's saying is you're going to feel some stuff. And that's what he encouraged Pastor Nancy. It's not wrong that you feel this. You don't have to beat yourself up. I shouldn't feel this. I shouldn't feel this. You're going to feel some things. Just don't let what you feel move you. Don't let what you feel determine your decisions. Don't let what you feel determine your confession. Don't let what you feel determine your actions. Because when you are letting what you feel, the pressure, the darkness, whatever, that, whatever is coming against you, that rain, that beat down, that flood, that wind, if you let it if what you feel, now you start speaking what you feel, that's where you've missed it. If you start acting upon what you feel, that's where you've missed it. Because if we all did that, we'd all, I mean, if we did what we felt, Jenny, we would be, we'd probably be dead by now. I mean, there'd be no spirituality in us. If you did what you felt, you probably wouldn't come to church because most times you don't feel it. Really, Pastor? No. Sometimes I say, Jenny, I'm not going. She, uh, yes, you are. Give me one good reason why I have to go to church. Because you're the pastor? That's a good reason. And what I'm saying is I do feel it 99% of the time. But there are times where I don't feel to counsel people. I don't feel like coming and preaching. The anointing comes and helps me and then, and then all those, I praise God. But I'm just saying, as a normal human being, you don't always feel like doing everything you're supposed to do. You don't always feel like asking forgiveness. You don't always feel like walking in love. You don't always feel like tithing when you've got a bill that you have to pay. But I don't let the feelings dictate what I say or what I do. Because if I let them dictate, then I'm moved by what I'm feeling. Right. It's okay to feel. Just don't talk about what you feel. It's okay when I say that. Don't take it to an extreme. You can tell someone, you know, without worrying about a bad confession, honey, I'm feeling something like this. It's okay. God understands that. But don't keep 
continuously meditating on, thinking about, and speaking, and acting in line with what you feel. That will take you into the ditch. That will get you out of the plan of God. That will cause faith to stop working for you. It's okay to feel, but you've got to be careful that you don't let the feelings dictate your words and your actions. And God helped Pastor Nancy so greatly when she was feeling a lot of things and probably feeling guilty that she felt them. And he was saying, it's okay that you feel it. The house felt it. But it's not about the feelings. If you, if you act and talk in line with your feelings, you're going to fail. But it's not wrong because you feel something. Yeah. The house felt it. What matters is the house didn't fall. So engaging your feelings with your words will cause your house to fall. Enga- following, acting on what you feel will cause your house to fall. But noticing the feeling is there and still maintaining your confession. Yeah. I don't feel healthy. I, I feel pain, but I'm healed. You see the difference? Because you can go around all day. I feel, I feel, I feel. Now you're, now you're going in line with your feelings. Your house will fall. But if you, if you keep in line with the word, even though you feel something, but you speak what you know to speak and you do what you know to do, you live the way you know to live, and you don't let those feelings run you. There's nothing wrong with feeling something, but don't let them control you. You'll keep your house on the solid foundation, and, the, and great will be the standing thereof, yes. not the falling thereof. Yeah. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I'm trying to encourage some of you because I think in our faith circles, Taylor, sometimes we talk so much about the, the power of God and dominion and victory and all these wonderful things. And then people feel, and then they, and they have all these things that hit them, Jenny. And then they go, oh my God, I'm a bad Christian. I'm not a faith person because I'm feeling low today. Do you understand? And then, and then, and then they, dis, they get discouraged and then they beat themselves up because they feel something. My, my brother and sister, I feel things too. We all do. We're all human beings. It's okay to feel. The house felt it. God told Pastor Nancy, the house felt it. It felt the beating of the wind. But what mattered is not what it felt. What mattered is that it did what it heard. If If you hear my sayings and do them, act on them, speak them, obey them, then you will not fall. So just because the pressure comes and the rain comes and you feel a lot of things, even in this COVID season, it's okay to feel. What's not okay is to hear what God tells you to do and then go with your feeling instead. Talk about your feeling the entire time. It's okay to say it once in a while, but if you're constantly talking how you feel, I feel sick, I feel depressed, I feel this, I feel that, and you act now, you act upon it. I don't feel like going to church, so I won't. I don't feel like forgiving, so I won't. Do you understand? If you speak and act in line with your feelings, you're not doing what the Bible says. So you're hearing, but you're not doing, and then your foundation is shaky and it falls. But if you might feel it, but just do the right thing, say the right thing, and you'll stand. I may feel something, but I'm not going to say it. But I'm also not going to be so afraid. I can talk to my wife about certain things, my close comrades about certain things. God is not legalistic that way. Do you understand? We can talk, but what's the difference is if I tell Jenny, I I feel this, and then later that day, Taylor, I'm saying it again, and then that night I'm saying it again, and then I'm calling you and telling you, that's the problem. To tell you I feel this, honey, but then, but you know what? I'm going to go with the word. I'm just going to go with the word. The word tells me to do this. I'm going to do it. Praise God. I'm going to start to say, I'm just going to start to do, I'm just going to stay with what Jesus told me to do. I heard his sayings and I'm going to obey them. Now you see, even though I felt something, I'm now acting, walking, talking, living in line with the word and my foundation, even though I feel the pressure of the beat down, I'm not going to fall. Do you understand? Now have a look quickly, please, in the book of Hebrews chapter four. Would you turn there with me? I just felt, I don't normally talk about feelings because faith people don't normally talk about feelings, but I heard the Holy Ghost say, you need to talk to them about feeling because some of them are beating themselves up because they feel something. 
And it's, you're not a bad person because you feel something. Let me put it, let me rephrase. It's not about bad or good. You're not a failure in your faith if you feel something. But you're going to fail in your faith if you only ever talk about how you feel. And if you only ever act on how you feel. Because if you act on how you feel, you wouldn't go to work, would you? I'm sure most times you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like going to work, but you still do. Why? Because you know if you don't, you'll be having an extended fast. Right? Because they'll fire you. Then there'll be no money to eat, and then you'll be doing a 40-day non-volunteer fast. <laughs> right, honey? Yeah. If you felt, if, if, we, if we do everything we feel. Sure, yeah. Good, Pastor. Praise Amen. God. Amen. 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 I was with Jenny in the store a little while ago, and I had my sunglasses on because I want to look cool. And I had my mask on because you have to wear the mask. But I noticed that putting the mask over my nose and mouth causes my sunglasses to fog. And I just come out from the outside and they were already kind of fogging. So I just moved the mask down just a little bit, just, just, just a little bit, like less than an inch, right? And, and, and I've still got it on, so my glasses won't fog. And then this uh, 20 nothing year old, you know, could be my daughter, uh, behind the cash register, points to me and says, put your mask back on. And she said it kind of. So I looked at her and I said, you know what? You're ridiculous. I said, all of you are ridiculous. I'm wearing a mask and I don't appreciate you telling me to lift it up an inch over my nose. And I handed the credit card to Jenny and I said, you pay, I'm out of here. And I stormed off. I went to the car and I squealed the tires to get to where I had to pick her up in front of the front door. And I knew it was coming, and I said, I don't care, Jesus. She can say whatever she wants. I'm right. That girl was a jerk. How dare she do that? Who, who does she think she is? And Jenny comes in the car, and she says, that's not Christ-like, honey. And I didn't say it, but I was about to say it. But I'll tell you why I didn't say it. Because what I was going to tell you when you said that, that's not Christ-like behavior. I was going to snap at her and go, well, I'm not Christ. And I didn't say it because as I was about to say it, the Lord knew what I was going to say. He can move faster than your nerve conduction can move. And I heard his voice. Yes, you are. I was going to say, you said, that's not Christ-like behavior. And I was going to snap back at you. Well, I'm not Christ. And I heard him say, yes, you are. And that shut me up. I didn't even say it to you because I was so shocked by that statement. Because I've just been preaching that I am the body of Christ. I mean, I've been preaching it, Jenny. Under the anointing, I am the body. I am one with God. He's one with me. I'm seated in him. He's seated with me. Jesus said, we are, make them and us one like we are one. I am not the Christ, but I am the body of Christ. I am part of Christ, and I am Christ's representative. And I'm sitting there in the car thinking about that while I'm waiting for her to come out. And I heard the Holy Ghost so gently in my heart say, Son, if I, Jesus was talking to me, he said, if I stood there and that lady said that to me, he said, would I have done what you did? I said, Lord, you wouldn't have, but it's different because you're you and I'm me and it's different. He goes, no, uh, you got the same spirit that I've got. I called you my body, my representative, my extension in the earth. When people see you, they should see me. When people talk to you, it should be like them talking to me. When you respond to people, it should be like I would. I said, Lord, Lord, that's a high order. He said, you've been preaching it, haven't you? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm the preacher, and I'm still dealing with it. 
What I'm saying is, in that example, Jenny, in that example, that's, that's, that, that's a, a flesh, that's something I didn't feel, right? I, I didn't feel like you correcting me. I didn't feel like God correcting me. I didn't feel like doing what God told me to do. But I had to make a decision to humble myself, and, and I've heard his sayings, now it's time to do them. Because I don't feel like doing it. So I waited for her to come in the car, and I said to her, Honey, I humble myself and I, I repent to the Lord and I repent to you. Uh, when people talk to me, it should be like they're talking to Jesus. I'm his example. I'm his representative in the earth. I'm his extension. They need to see him, not me. I need to decrease that he may increase. I don't feel like swallowing that humble pie a la monde with vanilla ice cream. It was a whole feast of humble pie for me. I didn't feel like it. I didn't, do you hear what I'm saying? I didn't feel like it. But I'm going to decide to live the word even if I don't feel like it. Do you understand? And I can make mistakes. I made a mistake there because my flesh got the better of me. But the God is very, very patient with me. And he understands and he forgives and he'll forgive you when your flesh gets the better of you. But he's looking for you to live the word, wow. not live your feelings. Yeah. You're going to feel things, but you can still choose to live the word. And if you make a mistake because you gave it into your feelings like I did instead of into the word, just repent of it. And the next time, the next time, don't give into those feelings and don't do that thing, whatever it was for me, it was being rough with that person. Just walk in the spirit, walk in love because the Holy Ghost is there to help you to be like Jesus. We can't go with feelings. Although there's nothing wrong with feeling something, we got to go with the word. Don't feel bad if you're feeling something. Now, have a look at what Hebrews 4.14 says, because this will bless you and help you that Jesus understands your feelings. And if you, and I said this on, I don't know when it was, Monday or Tuesday on this week and the, or in the morning time for the, for the daily connection, but I just want to repeat it again to you. Now, it says in verse 14 of Hebrews 4, seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed onto the, into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have, do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings. Did you see that? The feelings of our weaknesses. Doesn't mean sickness. That infirmity doesn't mean infirm like sickness. It means test trials and weaknesses where we're weak. Well, I was weak there. That was an infirmity for me. But he understands how I feel. Do you understand? We, have a, we don't have a high priest which cannot be touched or moved with the feelings of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He understands how you feel because he's been tempted. He's been tested and tried. He felt things, yeah. but he didn't let the things dictate his life. No, let us therefore, did you notice that, Jenny? Therefore, why does it say therefore? It says therefore because this 16th verse is connected to 15 and 14. What, let us therefore, what does that mean? Because we've got a high priest who understands us, who understands how we feel. That doesn't mean we have a right to get away with how we feel and live how we feel, but he understands how we feel. So you don't have to feel guilty because you feel something. Just don't live in your feelings. But because I've got a Jesus, a great high priest who understands how I feel because he felt it. And yet he didn't sin, even though I do. Because I've got that high priest, therefore I can come boldly. Did you hear that? Yeah. Boldly unto the throne of grace. Read it with me. That you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, as I said in the Daily Connection, whenever it was one morning this week, I said that word boldness, which most people don't know, means outspokenness, frankness, and bluntness. Yes. Jesus is giving me permission to be blunt with him. 
He's given me permission to be outspoken and frank. I can come with bold, outspoken, frank, blunt utterance and say, gee, why can I do that? Because I know he understands how I feel. If you don't think your wife understands how you feel, you won't talk to her the same way. There'll be a defensiveness. There'll be a, a wall up to protect you because you don't really think she understands you. So you're going to be careful so you can protect yourself. If you don't feel like your pastor or your boss or your friend or whoever, your mother, your children, they don't understand you. You put a wall up. Don't have to put a wall up with Jesus because he understands how you feel. Because in everything you've ever felt, he felt. But even though you missed it, he never missed it. But he still understands how you feel. And he's moved and touched that you feel that way. That's why, because I understand that Jesus understands me. Because he knows how I feel. He doesn't want me to live in the feelings, but he gets me. He understands me when I wake up on the wrong side of the bed. But he doesn't want me to live all day on the wrong side of the bed. But he understands me. I'm trying to help you tonight. Jesus understands how you feel. And because he's so kind and he understands you, you can come blunt, frank, and bold and say, Jesus, we got to talk. I need help. You're my high priest. You cleanse me with your blood. I'm feeling some stuff. You get how I feel. Let me just frank and blunt and outspoken, let me just tell you plumb how I feel. And let me pour my heart out to you. It's better that you talk to him how you feel than other people. But then at the end of your pouring it out, say, now, Jesus, I thank you. I'm going to still stay with your word. I got it out. That's what supplication is. It means pouring all of your heart out to the Lord. Now, Lord, I've poured it all out. You understand how I feel anyway. You felt it. Now, I thank you that you let me boldly come to you and talk to you because I need help. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And he'll give you that help. Now, this is beautiful help. Remember, I told you on the Daily Connection, for those that watch it, for those that didn't, then get, get with the program. Praise God, because I'm not always going to repeat it on Wednesday night. That word help means aid, but it means, the picture in the Greek means a rope or chain for frapping a vessel. Praise God. Frapping, that is not a word that we use very commonly, but it's a wonderful word. And that word frapping literally means this. It means to, to it's a rope or a chain that you use to frap the ship. It means to bind tightly the ship to the dock. Now, you can also frap the ship when you're repairing it in the, in the boat yard. But frapping the ship means you take that chain and you, you, you tightly attach it to that pillar on the dock. So that why? Because the waves and the movement and all this stuff is doing this. If you don't attach it to the dock, you might get to the dock. But it's going to eventually, the current and the waves and everything in the wind is going to push you away. But when you attach itself, when you attach that rope, did you notice the, the boat had a job and the dock had a job? Jesus is that great cast iron pillar that never leaves us. He is a, he stands there. He's never going to change. But if you notice, if the boat doesn't throw the, if the man in the boat doesn't throw the rope over to tie itself to that, to that dock, then the boat has a part to play. And that's what, when it come for help, Taylor, Jesus sees that I'm feeling some stuff. I've got some bobbing going on. I, 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 he's my harbor. I need to come to him. Did you notice the harbor is not going out? You have to come to him. 
You have to come to him and says, he didn't say that he'll boldly come to you. He said, you boldly come to the throne of grace. So you've got as a ship, come into your harbor, come to your Jesus, just blunt, just outspoken, just frank, Lord, you understand how I feel anyway. I might as well not lie to you. I'm just going to pour my heart out to you and I'm going to receive your help in this moment of need. And I'm not going to move anymore. How I, I'm not going to leave this how I feel. I'm going to leave this doing your word. But I just want you to know, I need your help. I need your securing presence right now because I'm feeling some things. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. And you as that boat, throw out your rope. Jesus, take that rope and he'll attach you to himself. He'll moor you to himself to bind tightly. Yes, he, will. he is secure. You, if you don't throw your rope, he can't help you. But if you'll let him attach you to him, he will bind you so tightly to him. And he'll look at you and he'll say, I got you, son. I got you. Nothing, no amount of wind, no amount of current, no amount of wave can overcome this cast iron, this fortitude that I have. I am your shelter, I am your harbor, and I am this pillar. Whatever you call those things, you I don't even know there's a name, a, a nautical term for them, those things that you tie the rope to, but whatever, it's a strong, it has to be ultra strong because those, those boats, those ships have incredible mass to them and volume, and, 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 and they're pulling, they're putting pressure on that pillar. Jesus is that strong pillar. And he's looking at you saying, thanks for coming to me. Thanks for coming and being honest with me. I know that you're bobbing a little bit. There's some pressure on you right now. I can see it. You've told me about it. But I want you to know that I've got you, that you're not alone, and that even though you're bobbing a little bit, I've, t I've, I've, I've moored you to myself. You're with me now. Now, you're going to bump, you know, it's going to bump a little bit till the storm stops, but don't worry, it's not going to, take you away from me. It's not going to cause you to go out, drift out into the harbor and sink or hit the rocks or have some problem. You might be moving a little bit, but you're, you're, you're tight to the dock because you're connected to me. Thanks for coming to me. I understand, how, I understand you better than you understand yourself. And I'm not going to let you go. Now, how do, what does that mean? It means I come to Jesus, I tell him how I feel, and then he moors himself to me through his word. He connects himself to me through his word. He says to me, now, son, this is what I say. Now, 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 just stay with me. Don't, don't, don't get off my word. I know you feel things. I know you're bobbing around. I know you feel the wind. I know you feel the rain. Just like the house, it felt some things. The boat in the harbor, it feels the movement of the ocean underneath it. But don't worry about how you feel. Just, let, just hold fast to my word. I, you, I've, connect, I've connected you to me. I've moored you to me. You're safe. Just stay with my word. Do what I tell you to do. Say what I tell you to say. Hear my sayings and do them. Just do what I tell you to do. I know you're bobbing in the harbor, but you're connected to me. You're safe. You're not going to drift out and hit the rocks and sink if you'll just stay connected. Now, if you start speaking wrong, listen, if you start living your feelings, if you live your feelings, speak your feelings, act your feelings, what you're doing is you're undoing that rope and you're just letting yourself go. And now you're at the mercy of the wind and the wave and the test and the trial. Now, if you hit the rocks, now you might have a problem. Because you've decided it's, it's okay to tell Jesus how you feel, but now you've decided to act on how you feel, continually speak how you feel, and get over into the flesh. So you've unmoored yourself to Jesus the Word. Now you're on your own, and now you're in trouble. Now you can tell him how you feel. Be honest with him. He understands anyway, but keep your rope attached to him. How? Keep his word in your mouth. Keep obeying what he says and your house will stay on the rock and not shift over to the sand. Your boat will stay close to that dock and not drift over to where the rocks are. Do you see the analogies? 
but you got to stay with the word no matter how you feel. It's not wrong to feel, but you will, you, will, you will become unskillful with the things of God if you live on how you feel, if you talk about how you feel, if you act on how you feel. You're undoing the rope. He wants you to stay with the rope. He wants you to stay close. He wants you to stay, stick with it. Just stick with the word. Don't quit. But isn't he kind, Jenny? He basically says, I'm not weird. I know how you feel. In fact, I felt everything anyway. So why don't you just bluntly and boldly tell me how you feel? Tell me what's going on. I understand you, son. Now I'm going to give you help. This is what my word says. Now you've roped yourself to me. You're, you're safe as long as you stay with my word. If you refuse to do, if you, if you live by your feelings, you're going to undo this rope. And now I can't help you because you're, you're out there in the harbor somewhere. And there's rocks. Now just stay with my word. Don't be moved. It's okay to feel, but don't be moved by how you feel. Don't talk and act on how you feel. Stay with my word. Stay on the rock. Hear what I've told you to do and do it. Then you're a wise man and then you're going to be safe. But it's not wrong to come to Jesus and pour out your heart to him. Tell him how you feel. It's okay. It's better that you tell him than everybody else. Sometimes it's worse to tell everybody how you feel. Because then some of them will judge you. Some of them will be the confession police. Some of them will, then they look at you as weak. And then every time they see you, they pigeonhole you into that little box because they saw you in your moment of weakness. So be very careful who you share how you feel with. Keep it with people that you know, love you and trust you and, and, and tr will treat you with unconditional love and that won't put you in a box and hold you there for the rest of your life. And even better, talk to Jesus because he'll never do that to you. And he, well, he says, you can be blunt with me. I really know how you feel anyway. You might as well just be honest. Don't be religious with Jesus. Right. Don't come to him with the thous and the thuses of the King James language. He knows you don't talk that way. Just, <laughs> oh, thou lordest. I just lovest thou. That's ridiculous. Do you say that to your wife? You say, hey, what's up, hot stuff? You're not, you don't have to say to Jesus, his hot stuff. But you know what I'm trying to say. Jesus, I love you. Right, yeah. I, I'm feeling some things today. I just need to talk to you about it. If you want to cry, cry. Just talk to him. Be honest with him. He knows anyway. Because then the Holy Spirit will just start saying, that's okay, son, you, you, you're connected to me. Now, now stay connected and do this. See this verse? Do it. You see what it says here? Now say it. But I don't feel like it. I know you don't feel like it, but if you, if you live how you feel, you're going to take the rope off this pillar. I want you to stay close to me because I'll protect you from the rocks. But you've got to do what I say. You've got to keep on the rock. Are you with me? Amen. Praise God. I, I don't know if it's helping you. I'm trying to help you. I don't know if it's coming out the right way, but, but I think it's important. Amen. So what I want to tell you is don't let feelings bother you. Focus on two things. Number one, focus on the foundation that you're being built upon the rock. And number two, focus on using that revelation. Yeah. Now, have a look quickly at the book of Matthew. You know this verse. It's a famous verse. But just quickly, we're not going to be much longer. Matthew chapter 16. Now, he talked about the rock in Matthew 7. Do you remember? built his house upon the rock. Well, there's another thing, refer, reference to the rock here, and it's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Bar Bar Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, who? That I, you're the, I'm the Son of God, Son of the living God. That's in verse 16. But my Father which is in heaven, and I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock. Peter's not the rock. The Catholic Church got that whole thing wrong. It's the rock of revelation that he is the Son of the living God, that he is Christ. Upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So did you notice there, upon this rock, 
that I am the Savior, the Lord, the Son of the living God, upon this, in other words, upon me, I am, Jesus is saying, I'm the rock. The revelation that I am the Son of God is the rock. And upon that rock, I will what? Build. What am I going to build? My church. But don't just look at it corporately. You are the church. Reverend Greg, you're the church. He said he will build you. Don't just think of it as corporately. Make it personal. I am the church. I am part of the church. I am part of Christ. He is building me. But he said he'd build me upon the rock. Right? The rock in Matthew 17, a wise man builds upon the rock, builds his house, builds his life. He's building me as part of the church upon the rock. What is the rock? The rock is the revelation of the word. But it doesn't end there. I won't read it for sake of time. But in 2 Corinthians, just to give you the reference, 2 Corinthians 3, 12, Paul says, I as a master builder have laid the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, but now build upon it. But be careful how you build upon it, because if you build upon it unwisely with wood, hay, stubble, it will be destroyed. But if you build upon it with wisdom, with gold, silver, and precious stones, it will stand the test of time. It will stand the trials that come. It will stand even when you stand before Jesus and he judges what you've done on the earth, it will stand. Did you notice that Paul said, I've laid the foundation, I've built upon Jesus the rock, but now you've got to keep building? It's not enough just to start with the rock. You start with the rock. You start with the revelation that Jesus is Lord and you're saved, but it doesn't end there. You must continue to build revelation upon revelation upon revelation on that rock. The The base foundation of the rock is the revelation that Jesus is Lord. Amen. That's what he's saying in Matthew 16. Now, that is that what you build, that's what he builds you as the church upon. That's what the wise man builds his life upon, the revelation of Jesus. But it's not just that he's Lord. That just gets you into the kingdom. There's much more revelation to continue building upon. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 says, there will be continued building upon what I've taught you. More revelation about who you are. In this Jesus. He is the foundation, but you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep growing. You've got to keep going further and deeper. It's not just the Christians, not in our church, but out there, they basically just teach you that Jesus is Lord, you get saved, and then the rest of it is just soul stuff all the time because they don't teach you who you are. They don't teach you about your healing covenant. They don't teach you about your authority. They don't teach you about any of that stuff. They just teach you the basics, and the rest of it is soul. Emotionalism. Especially some of these ethnic churches. It's a hoop and it's a holler and it's a shout and it's a sweat and it's a dance. But you leave the service and you don't, didn't learn anything. You know nothing. You sweated. And everybody is shouting and doing all that stuff. But they don't know how to get healed. They don't know how to forgive. They don't know. They haven't, they haven't built. They've built soul things, but they haven't built upon the foundation. They have the foundation. They're born again. But you've got to build upon that. Amen. Now, did you notice what Jesus said? The first thing that he commented after the foundation after the base that he is Lord, what's the first thing he talked about? He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatsoever you bind. (laughs) The very first revelation beyond salvation is your authority. The very first thing he could have talked about love, he could have talked about finances, he could have talked about tithing, he could have talked about a whole healing, he could have talked about a whole lot of different things. The first thing he said, when you're built upon me as the rock, I am Christ, Hell won't prevail. Why won't hell prevail? Because you're going to speak. The first thing he said, which means the first thing we need to teach new believers when they accept the foundation rock that he is Lord and they get born again, the first thing we teach them is, now speak. You bind and loose. You have the authority. Did you see that? 
Would you consider this, this revelation with me? That the positional reality is that the gates of hell will not prevail. We have a right for them not to prevail. But the experiential reality is that they will prevail unless you use the key. So it's not just enough to know Jesus is Lord. You've got to keep building. And the first thing that you build upon the base of Jesus, remember Paul said, I'm a master builder. The foundation of Christ is Christ now build upon it. The first thing he said, a wise master builder builds on the rock. That's Jesus is your Lord. You're saved. He said, I'm building my church on the rock. You're saved. He is Lord. But now the very first thing after that, he's trying to tell you when you get saved, he's saying, honey, you get saved now. You, you're, building your, you're building your life. It's a journey, a marathon, not a sprint, upon me as the rock. I am Lord. Now, I want you to know something. Positionally, I've seated you in heavenly places with me, and hell has no right to touch you. Poverty has no right to touch you. Sickness has no right to touch you. Depression has no right to touch you. Accidents have no right to touch you. Muggings have no right to touch you. Hell itself cannot touch you. That's what I've positioned you in. That is what you have a divine right to, but that is not your day-to-day -day reality. That's just the positional truth. The experiential truth, what you experience day-to-day, -day is going to be dependent on if you use the key. But I'm telling you how the gates of hell are not going to prevail if you use the key. If you just open your mouth and command and bind and loose, hell won't hinder you and heaven will help you. So as soon as you get saved, I want you to tell people that they have a right for hell not to touch them anymore because they've just come out of hell. That's right. They just left Satan who was their father. Now they've got a new family, a kingdom of light. And the first thing we need to teach them, the first thing, see, people have been saved 30 years, they still don't know this. The first thing you teach them after they say Jesus is the son of the living God, the first thing is hell has no right to touch you ever again. And heaven will come to your aid. But that's the positional truth. Now, the way you're going to get that positional reality into experiential day-to-day -day living, the way it's going to work for you Monday to Sunday is you're going to start to realize that he has granted you divine rights with your mouth and I'm, no matter how you feel, no matter how much the wind is beating upon you, no matter what you're feeling, you're going to stay moored to that dock, you're going to stay close to me and you're going to start to do what I tell you. Don't hear it only and don't do it. Hear it and do it. And I want you to start to speak. Start to speak. If you will speak, hell will obey you. If you will speak, angels will hearken to you. If you will speak anything you ask in my name, my Father will give it. If you say, I loose this, I permit it, I decree it to come to pass, I'll move heaven and earth to make it work for you. Praise God. We got to teach believer, young believers this, Jenny. The Lord started dealing with me. He said, the first thing you start teaching them is who they are in Christ. The first thing you start teaching them is how to bind and loose. That's the first thing I said, I'd build my church and hell would not touch it because of their authority. The problem is we teach all the other things, how to forgive and all that's important. We teach all that stuff, but we don't teach their authority. So when the devil starts bombarding them that week after they're saved, you're not really saved and they're still sinning. They don't know how to, they don't know what to do. Then they feel like, oh, this was an emotional hype, but it's not real. I haven't, I'm not a different person, but they are. Just their soul is not renewed, but their spirit is. It's going to take time to renew their minds, but they can start speaking right away because now they're a new creature. Now they have the authority to speak right away. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free from smoking. Thank God I'm free from my pornography addiction. Yeah. Thank God I'm free. I don't steal no more. Amen. Thank God I'm free. I don't beat people up anymore. People say you laugh, but we're going to have people come that beat people up. And we're going to have to teach them. Start to say, thank God I'm free. I don't, I don't abuse people anymore. I don't beat people up anymore. I don't rob banks anymore. 
even though I had a perfect opportunity, my hat, my glasses, and my mask. It's just a perfect bank robbing opportunity during COVID. Nobody sees your face anyway. I'm not going to rob banks anymore. Praise God, I'm free. We've got to start to teach them the power of their words. They can bind and loose. They can speak things and things will obey them. Why? Because this is not how we feel, Jenny. Our, our foundation is built upon a solid rock, but we can't just say, I'm a Christian, and then just feel our way through life. There is feelings, he understands, but stay close to him, stay connected to him, stay with his word, and don't be moved by your feelings. Go with your authority. Go with what he taught you in the word and start to command things, and they'll start to turn. I'm doing it in my life and it works. Amen. Do you know sometimes I don't feel a lot of things, but I'll just put those feelings aside and I'll pick up the word and I'll say, Father, I feel nothing, but your word still tells me. And I start to say, I start to command this to change. I start to bind the devil. I start to loose the angels. And even, sometimes the feelings uh, align with the word and other times I finish my prayer and I still don't feel anything, but it doesn't matter. I'm staying, I'm staying moored to the dock. Yeah. I'm not going to let my words undo me, Jenny, so that I'm wandering out there aimlessly, hitting the rocks and sinking. Yeah, it matters. Don't get upset if you feel something. God's not mad at you for feeling. But you've got to stay with the word. Stay with the word. The beat down will come, but it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how the house felt. It matters that it didn't fall. If you stay with the word, what he told you to do. If you stay hooked to that dock. You see the different analogies I'm giving? Yes. He's telling us, Stay on the rock, the house, Matthew 7. Now he's telling us, Hebrews 4, stay connected to the dock. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Now he's telling us in Mark's Matthew 16, uh, your foundation, but, but don't no matter how you feel now, start to speak. Start to speak. Don't speak in line with how you feel. Start to speak. Start to bind and loose. Things will obey you. I'll come to your rescue. My power will work for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. It works. It matters what church you go to. It matters. I'm not just saying that because I like our church or I think it's important that you're here. I'm trying to tell you, it matters that you don't just go for a Reader's Digest. It matters that you don't just go where somebody's trying to control you, like the shepherding movement, where now you can't buy a house or you can't marry without the pastor's permission. People, it's astonishing what, to me what people go through, <laughs> and, and, and yet they're so faithful, and yet they, 20 years later they haven't really learned nothing. It matters that you're actually learning something. It matters that you leave these services with something to apply. I want you to be able to apply it. Maybe I try to make you laugh a little bit here and there, and we try to add a little bit of humor. But at the end of the day, do you actually learn anything? Because you're not coming to, this, to the university classroom just to sit by your friend or just because you're like the professor. You need to learn something because the test is coming. Yes. I'm trying to teach people, Jenny, so that when the test comes, they'll know how to answer it. They won't just know that I'm a Christian. They won't just know that my foundation is Jesus as the Son of God. But they'll know how to answer the storm with the binding and the loosing of their authority. That they won't just go with what I feel and crumble when the devil attacks you, but you'll stand up and you'll answer it. Yeah. Like, like you heard Joel Siegel on what last Wednesday, a week ago. He had cancer last year and, and the guy was trying to comfort him. The doctor said, I know this is hard news. And he said, he said you don't need to comfort me. I know something you don't know. Right. I'm not falling apart. He went home and he listened to the word of truth and the spirit of truth and he cursed that thing and it died. Amen. He didn't let the feelings un unshackle him, unconnect him from the dock and go out there and die. He stayed with the word no matter how he felt. He told Jesus how he felt. Jesus understands how he felt. But he stayed connected. He stayed on the rock and he used his authority and God's power turned it. Yeah, it's okay to feel, but don't stay where you feel. Use what you know and the power of God will turn it. Amen. As I close, praise the Lord. I know those are sweet words to some of you. 
<laughs> as I close, I, I didn't get his permission, but he's so sweet and he doesn't get offended with me anyway, so I don't think he's going to mind. But I want to read you an email that Brother Nigel, M Mary, Chris, and Nigel, you all know them, Henry, the Henry family. He sent me an email and it, it blessed me. And uh, I just wanted to read you what he said. Is that okay? Just take two seconds and read it. Amen. I think, I think it, it will encourage you. He said, hi, pastor. Uh, I trust this finds you well. Just a short note of thanks for the words that you bring twice a day during the Daily Connection. When I lived in Japan, I used to take a train ride for about 40 minutes to get to the first language school I worked at. Partway to the school, I always passed a bridge that was being built from the mainland to a nearby island. The first couple of years or so, I did not see anything but ships in the water. Then I would see huge cranes. After some time, I started to see pylons sticking out of the water. The bearings and girders, and they were bearings and girders and arches. After about eight years, the bridge was finished. One day, years after that, I had been to a friend's house to dinner and had missed the last train home. I ended up spending several hours walking home, and my route took me under that bridge. Up close, I was awed at how immense the thing was. The section I walked under had a, an abutment that must have easily been 20 stories high. It was just massive. I say all this to say, thank you, sir. What you pour into us, what you pour out to me is building a firm and solid foundation. And though people do not see much yet, maybe, if they'll just give it time, much fruit will be seen. The pylons and the girders, the struts and the arches, all are being put in place. It will be the Lord's doing, and it will be marvelous in our eyes. Keep doing what you're doing, sir, and don't get weary. I am, I am feeding on the word until my belly is full. He's, he's now quoting Reverend Greg. Look at that. Love you, Pastor and Pastor Jenny. The very best is yet to come. Running in Hebron, Brother Nigel. And then he said, and the name of that bridge is Akashi Kayakoyo Bridge. I know I'm probably saying that right, right but anyway. Hakashi Kekayayo Bridge. You're not Japanese. You don't know what I'm talking about. Now, I want you to put, just look at that bridge on the screen. Look how massive that bridge is. Now, you see right here on the land, closest to the left of the screen, at the bottom left, you see that big, that big uh, square thing? See, that's the abutment that connects it to the land. On the other side, there's another one that connects it to the land. That has to be very strong. Because the wind and the currents and everything's going to push against that. Go to the next, just put two pictures so you can see, just to give you an idea of the massiveness of how far and, and far reaching that bridge is. And I want you to know something, that it took a long time before anything was noticed. What's all those boats doing out there? Well, they're drilling. They're going into the seabed. Divers are going down there. Cranes are dropping things in there. They're pouring cement in there. They're making a firm foundation. Because one day the bridge is going to have to have a great function and it can't have a rocky foundation because the first massive wind that comes through or a, or a hurricane or a big, a big wave comes through, it'll knock it down. And so like Nigel said, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes time. You don't always see the fruit right away. But if you just be faithful and just stay hooked to Jesus... The, the chief shepherd. Just be faithful and stay with your pastor, the under shepherd. Just keep building upon the foundation. 
every, every bit of revelation a little bit more. Like I said, the Newfoundland dinner, Jenny, in that plate, there's seven or eight or 10 different things, cabbage and beef and this and carrots and potato and dough things. I, I don't know how many things there are, but I put a little bit of salt on everything. There's lots of revelation that's coming. It's building upon the basic revelation that Jesus is Lord. But faith salts, peppers, and seasons everything. No matter what we're talking about, we bring faith into it. Because you walk by faith and you live by faith. And the walking and the living is a daily thing. So everything has to include faith in it. Everything. And that's why you'll hear faith talked about a lot. Because it affects every area of your life. Believing and speaking is faith. Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't operate by hearing. It operates by speaking and corresponding action. So that's why we constantly talk about your heart, what you believe. Now, there's other things that we talk about, of course, but we're always trying to get over to you. It's about your believing and your speaking and your doing. And if you've heard me say that repeatedly tonight, it don't matter how you feel. Jesus understands, and it's okay to feel. He understands anyway. He felt it before you. But don't let those feelings change your words, change your actions. Stay hooked to him. Stay on the foundation. Keep doing what the word. Keep releasing your faith. Keep binding and loosing. God will change it. He's building a foundation firm in you. Why? Because each and every one of you are the Hakashi Hakakayo bridge. Your name might not be Hakashi, but you are in a Hakashi. Sorry, Jenny. I'm really, I'm milking it now. But whatever your name is, you are that bridge. Why? Because there's a function for you. Yeah, God needs you to do something for the kingdom. Yes. He needs you to bridge yes. the gap between him and a dying world. He needs your life to help people get to him. He needs your life to help people get healed. He needs your life to set people free from demons. He's got a function and a purpose for you, just like that bridge has a function and purpose, to, to join worlds together, to break, take people from darkness and bring them to light. But you won't be a good functioning bridge if you don't have strong foundation, which is why you've got to be faithful and you've got to keep doing what you're taught and you've got to live what you're being taught so that your foundation is rock solid. The abutment is 20 stories high and it will keep you solid so that you can fulfill your function and purpose as a believer in this last day great revival. So don't get weary and don't get tired and just stay faithful. I know I, I, we all get fed up with all the masks and all the distancing and all the, all the, all the stuff that's going on. And I don't know when they're going to announce whatever they're going to announce Monday or something. They're going to give us an update. I don't know, but you know what? I, I don't really care anymore. I've just made a decision. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful no matter how long this lockdown lasts. I'm going to stay in love no matter how long this lasts. I'm not going to quit on this church. You're not going to quit on me. You make that same decision. Lord, I may feel a lot of things, but I'm not changing what I believe. I'm not changing what I say, and I'm not changing what I do. No matter what I feel, I'm going to be faithful. Because I'm, uh, uh, f- foundation's being poured into me, and I'm going to fulfill my function as a Hakashi Bridge, or whatever it is. Hakakashi Bridge. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's probably the guy who designed it. They named it after him. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're pouring a foundation into your people. That, Lord, they just, they may not see always everything changing instantly, but if they'll just be faithful, if they'll just be faithful, if they'll just be faithful, their life will start to take shape like that bridge. They'll start to fulfill the function of what you created them and designed them to do in this last day revival. Lord, their function is not just to be an engineer or a bus driver or or a mechanic. That's their lower function. That's their natural function. That's what they went to school for. But, Lord, there's a higher function for each and every one of them. Lord, you've got a purpose and a function for them to operate in in this revival. 
revival. You want, to, you want them to bridge worlds. You want them to bring darkness over through their life and into light. You, you've called them to be a bridge to connect worlds, to snatch people from the devil's kingdom and bring them into the kingdom of God. Father, there's a greater purpose than their, their degree, what the letters are behind their name or the lack thereof. There's a greater purpose in how much money they make or what they do Monday to Friday. There's a purpose in their life for this end day revival. There's a divine purpose. And Lord, this foundation that's being poured won't just help them in their day-to-day -day natural jobs and day-to-day -day marriages and lives, but it's going to help form them so that they can fulfill their calling, their function in this revival. And that is why they can't quit, because it's not just their life that's at stake, it's others' lives that will come through them that's at stake. Lord, let them be faithful in Jesus' name. Let them hold the course, because you are building something great on the inside of them. Let them stay moored to you, Lord Jesus, their great, their great harbor anchor their great dock master. Let them stay close to you. Let them, no matter how they feel, how rocky the waves are, how much the wind and the wind and the, and the, and the, and the rain beats upon them, let them stay with your word. Stay with you. Stay, hold the course. Hold fast. Don't quit. We feel we can talk about that to you, Lord, but we're not going to live it. We're not going to keep talking about it. We're going to talk your word. We're going to bind and loose. We're going to do what you've told us to do. We're going to build upon the foundation of Jesus. We're not going to quit. We're going to stay close to you. And we're going to be formed and fashioned into a magnificent instrument, a magnificent bridge fit for your kingdom to win souls to you and to help in this great end day revival. Lord, I thank you that this message, as simple as, and as, as, as simple as I delivered it, but I thank you for the anointing that's on it. I thank you that you helped people, that you brought revelation to their hearts, that even tonight, Father, they would feel just the arms of Jesus around them, hugging them, loving them, not condemning them. He's moved with our feelings of our weaknesses. He knows where we failed, and he's not condemning us. He loves us, but he wants us to stay connected so that we won't hit the rocks. He wants us to stay speaking his word and not our feelings so that we'll have victory. In Jesus' mighty name, I praise you, Father, and I give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.